I'm Sangeeta Pillai and this is the Masala Podcast, a Spotify original where we talk about all those things that we're not supposed to talk about as South Asian women. Sex, sexuality, periods, menopause, mental health, nipple hair, shame and many more taboos. Since the beginning, I've only had low self-esteem, so I don't remember a childhood or teenagers, any days in my teenagers where I didn't feel shitty about myself. It's time we heard the voices of real South Asian women, not just those we see in Bollywood or in mainstream Western media. It's time we had a real voice, a loud and proud and strong voice. Our powers are so much beyond beauty. Like, so we have so much unlimited potential that we need to start using. Um, and like these traps are just uh, unnecessary. I've invited some incredible women to join me around my virtual kitchen table and put the world to rights. In this episode of Masala Podcast, I speak with Seema Hari, who is a model, a software engineer, and a powerful activist fighting colorism. Seema talks about growing up as a dark skinned Indian girl and the awful way she was treated by teachers and adults around her. She talks about feeling depressed and suicidal because of this, and how she slowly worked towards loving her own skin colour, to become a model and an activist, fighting hard to change South Asian attitudes towards dark skin. So let's maybe start. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I know you wear many hats. You're a um, software engineer, you're a model, you're an activist. There's loads of things that you do. Tell me a little bit about how you would describe yourself. So I describe myself as an engineer first. I uh, am an engineer at heart. I love technology. So I've that's how I grew up. I grew up wanting to, you know, always be an engineer. I, ever since, you know, my dad, uh, we didn't have cable TV, but we had a computer at home, which was very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad um, had done a career change and he became a lawyer and he quickly realized that, you know, if he used a computer, like, you know, typing out all those legal documents, a lot of the words are the same and repeated over and over again. So he got a computer home and it didn't, it was like, you know, the old MS-DOS computers. And I remember, yeah, and I remember just thinking it was such a blast and we used to play like obviously Pac-Man and Dave and all those stupid Prince of Persia games. And I was just a fan of the computer since then. So I always knew I wanted to be an engineer ever since I decided to have a career or whatever. But yeah, I have kind of stumbled into modeling um, just out of sheer luck. And uh, that took pretty late in my life. I think I started modeling when I was 29 or something like that. So the, you know, ripe old age of the modeling fashion world, I started modeling. And I've always dabbled in things. So I love music and I love dancing. So uh, I DJ a little bit. I'm trying to create my own music now. Yeah, it's just uh, there are endlessly important and amazing things to learn in the world and I can't stop myself from learning them so I just keep going I just keep finding new hobbies and pursuing them (laughs) I remember when we chatted um, you spoke about how this whole move from kind of Mumbai which is where I'm from as well uh, so Mm -hmm. you and I discovered we're from Mumbai 
Yeah, so I grew up in I was born and raised in Mumbai. I studied to be an engineer and then somehow through my job, you know, I was working as a software engineer, my job somehow landed me in Shanghai, so I lived in China for about two and a half years. And uh you know, growing up in Bombay as a dark-skinned girl was really really hard and I talk about this all the time. It was it, it was a nightmare. Now that I think about it, like now that my life is awesome, I look back and I'm like Oh my god I was so depressed so I've had a long journey through colorism like I remember ever since you know I've had the ability to think I've I remember you know very, being very aware of my dark skin because that's what the world reflected back at me like because that's what you know even uh my you know youngest memories they are clouded with uh, being ridiculed about dark skin those are my earliest memories and because these things sting so much and even when you're so young you're being treated so badly um they just stay you know they're like trauma that you keep collecting and um i've always been aware of my dark skin i was always and that's because i was ridiculed about it all the time um so it started you know going to kindergarten and being bullied at school since the get go i remember like you know not wanting to go to the bathroom in the recess break because that's when all the kids would be in the bathroom and all the girls would be in the bathroom and they would make fun of me so i would like hold uh, you know everything in and then only go during a different breaks so or just take breaks during classes to go uh, to the bathroom and those things seem small right now but i had so much trauma associated with that growing up because that's what i was aware of it all the time right and you know somehow like you somehow develop coping mechanisms uh you know to deal with the ridicule you you know develop thick skin so you kind of get used to the ridicule uh but it it stings a lot more when it comes from adults so you know you expect kids to be kind of you know rash and you give them the license of being mean sometimes and you know every every school has bullies and stuff like that but you know whenever it came from adults like when it came from teachers or when it came from like my relatives or like family friends it stung a lot because it meant that you know even when you are mature you're going to you're going to hold the same beliefs so it kind of makes you hopeless so i remember like teachers shoving me to the back of the dance or reprimanding me just because of how i looked that day and asking if like my mom didn't know how to take care of me um things like that really really stung and i you know uh, it was really hard to deal with so you know since the beginning i've only had low self esteem so i don't remember a childhood or teenagers any days in my teenagers where i didn't feel shitty about myself and i you know i later on realized that you know throughout my life i was depressed and suicidal like there wasn't a day when i didn't wish to escape this reality where i had dark skin and i couldn't escape from that right and all that the world reflected back at me was just either ridicule or pity or uh, some kind of like you know i want to fix you attitude um so yeah it was really difficult to deal with all of that and like i i even wonder right now like how did i cope with that i can't understand like what kind of inhuman strength i you know garnered because of all this ridicule and because of having to take so much hate from the world 
but um i remember not having the ability to make friends at all when i was younger you know when i was younger i had no friends at all i used to talk to all my plants and all my pillows and things like that lots of imaginary friends because it was so hard for me to make friends because everyone would just come at me first their first reaction would be something so hateful that i wouldn't have the guts to approach people at all i think it's some of the things you said which is so resonant to me like it so heartbreaking that as a child you have to hear these things from other children and adults and people who are supposed to look after you and care for you like your teachers i think that's absolutely heartbreaking um i wonder if you feel comfortable saying some of the things that they were saying to you whether it was adults or children or teachers yeah i think the the first thing that i remember is people asking me over and over again if i wash my face and i'm like what kind of a what person does that even yeah mean? what does that mean you think i can wash so this away so what skin color washes off yeah and you know that is is so bad and i remember like even as a child thinking like how can these people think like that uh, like why would someone not wash their face you know but uh, the things that really stung were people blaming my parents all the time especially my mother because i used to play sports and i was you know always dark skinned mm. and getting darker and darker by time uh my people would call my mom all like they would call her a bad mother to her face and or you know teachers would ask if my mother didn't know how to take care of my skin and if she didn't know how to like use powder you know talcum powder because that's the only thing we used which to have which is this white powder which is this white powder in yeah. i remember this yeah basically <laughs> yeah so uh, which it makes no sense in the world when you think about it like what is talcum powder like it's such an asian yeah. indian thing in my experience it's such an indian thing and i think that's like indian it used to be at least like indian people's version of makeup like if you put powder yes. like you're ready to go out to the and world otherwise you're, you're ready not. to face the world <laughs> this white powder yes. on your face and you know for for people who are light skin it doesn't look as bad so you know it does actually look make them look you know uh, you know uh, the sh- you know uh, how, how do you how takes you off the shine takes from your face takes off the shine and like takes off the yeah. sweat right but if you're a dark skin person it just looks like uh, you know a gray sheet this over layer of white film yes a layer face. of white film and you know when you sweat and stuff it just becomes like white spots it was traumatizing i never used it because it was just like i have to keep worrying about you know what my face looks like and it definitely looked gray when we used to use powder but yeah th- that was a funny thing but horrible horrible things oh my god the kind of things i've heard people would ask uh, you know like if my mom married an african or if she took a honeymoon in africa And oh my god that is horrible it's horrible what like, are horrible things to say on so many levels i know right? exactly and like you know it was i mean so many of these things i have heard that i have not even registered i have just been like deny block and delete and uh, some of those things really stung and the things that really stung is what i remember obviously like people yeah. call me kali all the time kali kaluti which is you know black yeah isn't it in hindi it's dark skinned and in a derogatory way it's never used in a good way yeah. um and now i'm trying to reclaim that word because i know it's uh, the most amazing goddess in the hindu mythology i was it's, literally going to yeah. say that kali is like this 
fierce and awesome goddess. Yeah. She's like angry and she kicks ass and she cuts people's heads off. Yeah. So to be called Kali actually is actually thank you very much. Yeah, you know, exactly. I didn't know I was that powerful, but thank you. Exactly. And and to think, you know, like because this word had had followed me around so much and because I was traumatized by it so much, I never even extended my own thinking because I knew about Kali as a goddess. But I never was like, you know, oh, I can just think of it as like Kali the goddess. and feel badass because i think kali is so badass like kali is used to represent the concept of time and basically the reason she has heads all around her body and like strong around her neck is because she cuts people's ego so she breaks your ego and basically if you think of it like time with time like whatever ego you build up about yourself it's going to go down because you're eventually going to die so like time's going to always kill your ego and also like if you think about time it existed before like matter and before the big bang and like every, all of those things right so like uh it, it has to be like infinitely dark like it, it's when nothing exists and that's that's the concept of time uh, you know that's when time started that's before beautiful. everything i didn't know that yeah so i didn't know that so really uh, the more i learned about her the more i was like this is amazing this is something that we all need so basically the symbology and like the mythology mythology of kali is supposed to remind you of like dissolving your ego and like thinking outside your ego and like looking at her image should remind you that you know time is the same for everyone and like time is the great leveler and it's going to break your ego and uh, and things like that and obviously her imagery is very badass and like also very playful so the, her tongue is always stuck out in all the images because she's it's not like oh i'm going to eat you it's like look what i did you know like that kind of a, you know um yeah. when someone breaks your ego out of pranking you like someone is just you know trying to mess with you yeah. because they yeah. know what's up with yeah. you you know So yeah, yeah obviously I was called called a kali I was called like you know a gorilla a lot of times you know when I walked down the street um what else like you know the n word and it, it used to be like in india when once people you know got used to the western world and like western music and like things like that trickled in people learned that word and so a lot of times in my like late teenagers and in my 20s it was always like the n word all around bombay which was really triggering but yeah it's uh the i actually wrote a poem about this that was the first time i actually spoke about uh you know my dark skin was when i had that first photo shoot and the photos came out and i was so flabbergasted uh, and i was so blown away by the pictures and to even really at that moment when i had my first photo shoot because i was so self conscious and so like inside my head i was exploding but to see the photo it looks like i'm so calm and so serene and like so confident but inside i was exploding <laughs> so when i had to post the picture i had to you know i had to tell people that this is the story behind it like all my life for so many years you've only ridiculed me and you've only harassed me and nobody's ever said my skin color is beautiful um but look at these pictures you don't see pictures like this and, and look at me now yeah. <laughs> and look at me now oh my god i love that i absolutely love that uh, so yeah i mean that's i decided to write all the insults you know the worst ones that uh people had said to me because i wanted people to realize that you know a lot of people just also will minimize it where you just be like you know people are just like that and you know that's just a small thing or you know that's just But a beauty thing, is, thing if you hear that every single day of your life yeah 
and it's derogatory mm-hmm. it's insulting it's not something saying somebody saying something casual yep. this is deeply insulting and abusive if you every time you step on the street yeah. someone is calling you horrible names in school if your kind of students are saying you know horrible things to you if teachers are asking you if you haven't washed your face i mean you can't get away from that stuff it's deeply deeply damaging it's so damaging I mean, it's so damaging you can't damaging. just dismiss it you can't dismiss it and people don't understand that the you know people think that they are entitled to make fun of dark skin people people think that they are you know because they have inter- internalized their that colorism also they think because they are fighting for lighter skin you must also fight for lighter skin and like they feel pity for you because you're not in that fight um so kind of like their colorism and their existence becomes justified because you know they can ridicule you otherwise if they just let you be then their existence is questioned right their uh, strive for lighter skin is questioned so as soon as you enter their world they you ha- you're challenging them being like you know yeah. why is this dog why does she look happy why is she smiling you know so they have to ruin that for you yeah. um yeah. Yeah. so yeah it comes from a, it comes from a place where everyone's perspective needs to change so like i remember even back then uh you know after all the hurtful things i would hear on the street and everywhere i never had any ill feelings towards those people because i knew that you know something's wrong with their mind so even in my young you know childhood ages i still knew that if i could just explain to them or like if they just knew you know and like i felt like they need to you know grow in maturity to get to that point but i couldn't get them there like i was trying but like i had you know i had very limited tools to work with and now i understand it so much better because i'm older and wiser and that's why my whole thing is like i have to talk about it even for like the off chance that somebody has not heard this message because you know it took a really really long time for that message to get to me and i had the best support system and i had the best family and i had everything work going for me and like if it still took me that long to get past it i want to accelerate that process for everybody else because you know nobody needs to go through that like i the, the, i dread the day that you know a dark skin girl or a boy has to still go to school and still face these things and not have tools to cope with it it's it's so it's so depressing it's so heartbreaking what are the some of the ways that i'm sure you get a lot of messages from people whose lives you've affected positively what are some of the things that people say to you on social media or email or whatever yeah it's mostly on social media people are very uh, you know much more open on dms uh, and much more uh, you know vulnerable and okay to share their feelings and so people share a lot of their stories and most of the times it's so heartbreaking because it's just you know something very similar to what i've experienced and that's another thing i wanted to hit it's because like you know colorism is slightly different from other social justice issues in the in the sense that you are so isolated because your own family your own friends and like the the people who are supposed to be the closest to you may harbor the same prejudice and may you know try to fix you and may you know not understand what you're going through at all so the people closest to you are have the power to damage you in this situation and that's why it's so isolating and because we haven't even may you know only recently we've started talking about it people haven't even had that discussion with their friends you know if they 
they are dark skin they haven't gone to the other dark skin friend be like you know i'm feeling really shitty about this because we would just felt like this is how it's going to be like this is we just have to accept it and move on right so people haven't had the chance to talk about it so uh, a lot of women talk about being in abusive relationships which breaks my heart so much uh because you know they had really low self worth and they stayed in that relationship because they couldn't understand they were ridiculed some people talk about dowry and how dowry was associated with their dark skin uh so more dowry if you were dark skinned and how yeah. like you know the dowry that they gave was not enough because they didn't get it's so messed up it's so messed up and like dowry is illegal like that's why you know people can't talk about this in the open because yeah. it's illegal you can't admit that you know you had to pay dowry but uh yeah it, those are the kind of things that break my heart and a lot of people always say you know like they uh, never had the confidence to be in front of photos and i had that and uh, you know the year that i did the for my first photo shoot um and you know that happened completely because of chance because a makeup artist asked me if i wanted to be in photos i remember like not being able to sleep the night before because i was like i was like just recently i was looking through albums and tearing up my old photos right because i was so embarrassed oh. of them and that was me like just recently and now i'm like go, how do i have the confidence to go in front of a camera right so when i was trying to sleep the night before i was having all these thoughts being like how am i going to do this this is not going to be possible uh so it's that constant negative self talk that i think like we are just so you dark skin people are just used to not thinking of themselves as worth, as worthy in any any aspect so i hear a lot of that uh from women uh especially uh, a lot of men also say that you know if they especially this happens in households where like a mother is dark skin or you know dad is dark skin and mother is not dark skin you know when it's one or the other then one sibling might be darker skin and the other sibling is not darker skin that's when it gets really really bad so from those people you know the horror stories are even worse because you know they were always compared to their sibling and like they always like ridiculed about whether they belong to that family and you know things like that which are so hurtful and like you kind of peg one sibling against the other and also for women it's a lot worse right so i had a dark uh, you know my brother's dark skin too but but you know the brunt of it was bared by me because you know nobody used to tell him anything like boys were allowed to be dark skinned he's a boy yeah, yeah. exactly and my mother so it didn't matter yeah my mother mm-hmm. is light skinned also like not fully light skinned mm-hmm. but still you know uh, way lighter than me so my options were very few like you know i would express it to my mother but you know my mother didn't have the tools to deal with it either so you know and i think like that's what's missing i feel like people haven't had those discussions and i feel like if they start talking they'll find a lot of solidarity in each other and that's why i can't wait for like people to just start accepting it and acknowledging it first because without acknowledging if you just try to jump the gun and just be like okay we are awesome now yeah. it's yeah. not going to happen yeah. there's a lot of internal work that needs to happen too also from kind of growing up in mumbai and india and being surrounded by bollywood i remember mm-hmm. just not seeing anybody that was dark skinned anywhere like all the yep. bollywood stars were fair skinned exactly all the models you saw in magazines were fair skinned yep. so the aspiration of beauty and success in every single way mm-hmm. was fair skinned yeah 
So I think Bollywood has a lot to answer for as well. Bollywood has a lot to answer for it because even in their stories they would show like you know oh this girl is dark skinned of course she's not going to find anybody and like then suddenly she is like super light skinned and like you know very beautiful now uh in the lyrics you know they're always like look at your light skin your light skin is so awesome i'm like in love with Gory. your light yeah like i'm in love with your light skin wrist I mean what even like my wrists have to be light skinned also like what? and that's so <laughs> recent like gori uh, you know gori kalai or whatever gori kalai yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. the obsession with fair skin is so deep rooted in south asian culture that we don't even realize it exists the hindi word for beautiful is gori which literally means fair or white when i was a young girl i loved all the old bollywood songs so many of them were about the beauty of women who were gori fair skinned there was gori hai kalaiyan which is about someone with fair wrists gore gore mukhde pe kala kala chashma all about dark glasses on a beautiful white face ye kali kali aankhein ye gore gore gal which literally translates as these dark dark eyes and fair fair cheeks so yes colorism was alive and kicking and deeply embedded within my culture it was all around my life and my family when i was growing up my grandmother would look at me sigh and say to me if only you had inherited your mother's fair skin well at least you're not as dark as your father my aunties would tell me to stay away from the sun so my skin didn't get any darker my friends at school were categorized as either the fair and beautiful girls or the dark and ugly ones i always thought of myself as not pretty because my skin wasn't fair enough ironically it was only when i moved to the uk and saw how everyone was desperately trying to get a tan that i started to appreciate my own skin color i had to move to a nation full of light-skinned people to start appreciating my own dark and beautiful skin How do you think we go forward from here like where like you were saying in a quite a unique moment in history where we're questioning a lot of this stuff and you've obviously done incredible amounts of work to get a lot of people thinking differently so what's the way forward do you think I think the way forward is in stories right in empowering stories and humanity has seen the power a single story has of you know how one story can transform lives um and i think the dark skin people story has still not been told yet it's it's not it's not even you know forget about having multiple layers and different forms of dark stories the stories being told about dark skin there hasn't even been one good story right so we need to start uh, we need to a start you know telling these people stories telling dark skin people stories we need to start 
uh, acknowledging that there is a problem because I still see a lot of people just being complacent and denying that this issue exists. So the first step for me is just like acknowledging it in yourself, right? Because for me, the transformation started happening when I recognized that I had internalized all of this colorism. And, you know, even though I found other dark skinned people beautiful, I could not, was not able to see that in myself. So the first step is acknowledging it in yourself and understanding that this problem could be perpetuated intentionally and unintentionally um, and realizing the ways that you yourself perpetuate uh, colorism in whatever way possible and then understanding that you know you need to start defining beauty in different ways like we've been used to this top-down approach of beauty standard setting which is i think completely wrong i think we need to democratize beauty standards i feel like everyone should be able to define their own standard of beauty and because you know once we allow that and once we actually even go past physical characters because Honestly, like you don't have much control over what your physical characteristics are going to be like nothing about that is under your control. What you do have under your control is your actions and your personality and like personality traits where you act out of your own agency, like kindness and, you know, artistic abilities and things like that and your intelligence and your thoughts and your values. I think there are so many things that I find beautiful about people. And it was thanks to like not being considered beautiful myself, right? So to go outside of physical beauty and understand how beauty is in so many different things. And it's not one dimensional and not just associated with physical attributes. Once we start doing that, I feel like we'll start including everybody because, you know, if it is democratized like that, then, you know, it becomes kind of like everybody's definition of beauty will include somebody that was excluded out. And so we'll start including everyone in in the narrative. And I think that's the, that's the most important spiritual, you know, perspective change that needs to happen. I feel like that itself will transform everything else. But, you know, while we wait for that full transformation to happen, we still need to, you know, um, put disproportionate amounts of energy into uplifting dark skinned people and dark skinned stories because there hasn't been, you know, good stories being told about us so far. So while we are, you know, or transforming the world and transforming everyone's minds in the meantime, we still need to, you know, say you know talk about our own stories and create stories on the big screens in television and in media and in you know film celebrating dark skin you know the only thing that can really make you ugly is really just hate so if you if you are just a hateful bad person i think that's really the only thing that qualifies as ugly if we look at all the fish in the in the in the sea we don't look at like the puffer fish or we don't look at them and like compare them to each other and we don't say that you know this one has less spots and that one has more spots we find all of them beautiful we find all the plants beautiful we find all the dogs beautiful we find all the cats beautiful so really like beauty standards have just been created to oppress us and like keep us busy with these small traps so we don't really reach our maximum potential. So like, first consider yourself beautiful, like get to that point, because you know, you need that to assume your power and then understand that, you know, our powers are so much beyond beauty. Like, so we have so much unlimited potential that we need to start using. Um, and like these traps are just uh, unnecessary. That's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much, Seema Hari. Thank you so much Thank for having you, me. Seema. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah, Thank you. likewise. Thank you. If you've been affected 
by anything we've talked about in this episode, please head to the show notes where I've listed some information about organizations which can offer help and support. I'm Sangeeta Pillai. Thank you for listening to the Masala Podcast, a Spotify original. Masala Podcast is part of my platform, Soul Sutras. What's that all about? Soul Sutras is a network for South Asian women, a safe space to tell our stories, a place to reclaim our bodies, to tackle taboos within our culture, to be exactly who we want to be. Get in touch and tell me your stories about your taboos. Check out my website, soulsutras.co.uk or get in touch via email at soulsutras.co.uk. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Just look for Soul Sutras. Masala Podcast was created by me, Sangeeta Pillai, produced by Hannah Walker-Brown, opening music by Sunny Robertson. <laughs>